Hello and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help marketers, advertisers, and agencies get the most out of their advertising spend. Today, we have Matthew Finn from MarketForceAgency.com. With over 15 years of digital marketing experience and having worked on the client side in numerous verticals, Matt is an expert and is well positioned to understand the challenges that companies face and help them navigate a complex e-commerce landscape, the European Union, and the path to sustainable future growth through marketing and advertising. Matthew, it is a pleasure to have you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Lucas. Yes, thank you very much. Pleasure so, to be here. I know you guys have a really strong focus and you're the best in the game at targeting the European Union. So walk us through what is different about performance marketing in Europe versus elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably in your question, actually, you kind of alluded to it. So I think there's a lot of, especially we find a lot of brands that are based in, in the States, like as you are coming to the Europe or coming to Europe, sorry. They kind of view it as the European Union. And actually, it's obviously a number of different countries. And that it's not just language differences, it's cultural differences, there's currency differences. And really, you need to treat each country as its own respective market. And if you try and take one holistic kind of marketing approach to those various countries, then quite likely you're going to end up failing. Walk us through how distinct those campaigns really are as you go between member country to member country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think obviously, as a, as a as a company, as a brand, you have your brand identity, and that needs to be kind of your overarching theme. I think within that, certainly with a lot of clients that we work with, that are global clients, they then will take that overarching kind of brand message and try and nuance it for each of their specific locales. And um, probably hard to say like the two countries that have the greatest difference, but I know certainly from perspective of the UK, I guess we're in many ways very similar to kind of how our approach to marketing, very similar to how you guys in the States are. Um, but maybe at the other extreme is, is a country like Germany. So for example, privacy is very, very important to those guys over there. So much so, although it's not legislation, you'll find a lot of brands actually have a double opt-in in their email. So not only do you have to kind of go through a sign-up and opt-in on the initial checkout page, you then get a secondary email asking, are you sure you want to opt-in? So that's just an illustration of the kind of the degree that they will go to there to protect their privacy. But conversely, what you do find is once one of the, a German customer opts-in, they tend to be a lot more loyal and a lot more engaged with your brand. So there's some benefits to doing that kind of groundwork initially. What's, what's coming? What other regulations... Uh, do you foresee coming in the privacy space that might trickle down to the rest of the globe? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. Um, I'm not sure I'm an expert in the kind of the, the privacy legislation piece, but I think your your point is, is a really valid one, actually. GDPR, although a Europe law has had big global implications, obviously you, know, you referenced the, the California law that you've got, you guys have got out there. And I think it is more just... It's now feels to me certainly a more more global kind of piece. There's a lot of tech companies that are becoming aware of consumer privacy concerns. Um, there's obviously, I think, for us as an industry, there's obviously the third party cookie blocking that's on the forefront. A lot, you know, Apple, Google, etc., are doing 
a lot around that and that has some really big implications for us as an industry and how we adapt and pivot to deal with that. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting challenge for us as an industry, and uh, you know, specific to attribution as well going forward, I think. In working together with MarketForce and with the LeadsRx universal conversion tracking pixel, we are actually able to deposit first party cookies. We're able to essentially rebrand that tracking capability and allow the advertiser itself, not the tracking tool, but the website being advertised to produce and create their own cookies. And if you do that, this is the most resilient way of providing your customers the experience that they want while also making sure you're able to give them the relevant advertising that's going to help them along their customer journey. For me, it's very much, there is a, a push and a pull between kind of sometimes what we as an industry and, and you know, brands and, and companies want and how the consumer sees their privacy and what's what's relevant to them. But I think that is the key. It's, it's about, as you said, it's about that relevancy and the experience that you then provide with that relevancy. And I think, yeah, the fast first party cookie um, or first party kind of tracking is, is going to go a long way to helping overcome some of the hurdles that we're going to have, but also just making sure that the messaging that we deliver is on point as it possibly can be. Um, What's working these days post pandemic or in the, the pandemic economy? What has been the sort of uh, key lessons that you've learned throughout this whole process uh, that's working today? Yeah, I think it really depends. You know, it's a unique set of circumstances now, isn't it? I don't, you know, this time last year, no one would have envisaged where we are today. And everyone's just trying their best to kind of navigate through it and react accordingly. Um, for us as an agency, I think we've seen some of our brands whose um, products really lend themselves to this environment do, do really well. Um, others whose products probably haven't lent themselves, but you know, are, are feeling the pinch somewhat. But I think for us, where we've really seen um, a lot of brands focus is actually on their data and, and how they can draw insight from that data. And then quite often that's if we have clients with attribution, then that has re resulted in kind of leading into that even more and trying to understand what's working, what's not, and how they can optimize those budgets, whether it's because the budgets have been cut back and they just need to really focus or actually they're seeing great performance and whether they need to make what, that investment. What is market forces process or strategy to help pivot the marketing, the brand, the offer into those right uh, the the correct messaging that will work in each of those sub markets. How do you guys handle that? Walk us through from a high level your your process from onboarding and penetrating that market and and driving results. Absolutely, yeah. So if we were if we were to take a brand, as you say that it's kind of typically just unsuccessful in in the US, but is looking to expand in into Europe. For us, the first thing that we kind of do is just understand what they're their current market is, what they've been doing in the US, the channels that they've been using, um, the customers that they're, they're going after. And then really the first part for us is a kind of market sizing exercise in, in Europe, in the target locales that they're looking to go through or go into, sorry. And we would do that on a country by country basis. And we would just see, is there a natural level of demand there? Is the brand kind of known in Germany and France and the UK? 
can we leverage that awareness and how do we then turn that awareness into you know interest action and, and ultimately conversion and then there's probably more around if that level of awareness isn't there how can we do upper funnel tactics and so essentially what we would do is, is the full piece really it's it's a market scoping exercise to understand where they currently are they obviously have goals and objectives of where they want to be and it's how can we leverage our kind of digital channels to to ensure that they get there um market forces and agency is a full, full service agency but we're very focused on um performance marketing so we're part of digital river and i'm not if you don't know digital river is a global e-commerce provider and so we are really born out of out of that organization so our roots are very much in e-commerce and we're very very much performance focused so although we do marketing at the upper end of the funnel it's always with a kind of return on ad spend or return on investment in mind and we're really looking to drive performance so ultimately it's yeah that market sizing understanding kind of where the brand is now and what we need where do we need to get it in order to hit their objectives and then making sure that that strategy is kind of nuanced and disseminated across the various locales and countries that they want to go in. What have you learned or what is instilled into kind of the company culture at Market Force that might have been derived from the, the, the digital river upbringing, so to speak? As I say, our kind of internal mantra is almost born out of e-commerce. We really understand that e-commerce play. Um, we really understand the kind of nature of direct-to-consumer and within the digital kind of ecosystem about how we, as you say, some companies are very focused on brand aspects and obviously that plays a really integral part. But we are, while we do the brand piece and we can do that for you, we're about what can we do to then tie that back to meaningful kind of dollars onto your bottom line. And I think for us as an agency, it's great that we have an in-house analytics team. So not only do these guys run attribution programs and, and whatnot for various clients they also support all of the channel program management owners with insights so it really is kind of twofold it means that my background is very much email marketing so i would have a set of metrics that i might take my esp but i'm supported by a team of analysts that will be able to help me understand kind of lifetime value and other metrics that maybe I just wouldn't see in my ESP. So that's really valuable for me when thinking about who to target. But conversely, that also works the other way in that our analyst and our analytics team are really skilled in understanding the nuances of all the different channels that they work with. And that really comes into play when they're then talking to clients about attribution, they can understand the impact of various channels and the workings of those various channels and then make really intelligent and insightful recommendations to our clients. So. so I wanted to get a feel from you, how you guys are instilling the performance-driven components into your, the, into your campaigns. How important is that to basically proving how well it's working down to the penny, down to the cent? Walk us through that because I think it's an important distinction between the market force agency versus uh, the vast majority of the advertising and marketing teams that are out there, both in-house and third-party. Essentially, I think that's probably our our core differentiator and our, our core kind of almost like reason for being. We're very focused on on that performance element, and so every program manager, 
um, every kind of channel manager, it's ingrained into them that we need to be looking at the results, the performance. And as I go, again, I go back to our analytics team because what they're great at doing is kind of knitting all of that channel data together um, quite often for attribution. But if a client doesn't have attribution, then helping us put it all together and just having a really good holistic picture of where we can push and pull different levers to, to impact what that client's doing. And for us, it, then we're able to go to the clients and show them quite clearly, you, know, you spent X here and this is your return. And you can quite clearly see, and then we're able to tell a story with that. If you were to increase your investment here, this was what you could expect in terms of return. So it's just in terms of the client agency relationship, we like to see it more as a partnership and we can give them real confidence that the money they're spending is driving a return. Whereas things like, as you say, radio, TV, outdoor, it's a lot harder to actually see if that spend has, as you said to that quote, if that spend has generated a return. So for us, it's, it's very clear. We can come in, we can land with a client we can take a budget and quite quickly we can say we spent X and we've delivered Y. And if you want to increase that budget, this is the potential of that. And it, it makes sense to them as a, as a marketing organization. It makes sense to the FEA, sorry, the FCO and, and you know, that C-suite, they can see the investment in digital in e-commerce payback. Awesome. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have a, a full suite of services. It's not just media buying or, return on ad spend, you guys will handle just about every component there is of a client's, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have a, a full suite of services. It's not just media buying or return on ad spend. You guys will handle just about every component there is of a client's campaign, correct? That's right. Yeah. So as a full service agency, we will, we do everything from kind of building websites, um, creative, all of the main acquisition channels such as search, SEO, affiliate, through to some of the more kind of retention-based ones such as email or conversion rate optimization. For us as an agency with boots on the ground, we have an office in the UK and we have one in um, Cologne, Germany. But within that, as I say, we've kind of got um, a couple of different nationalities from the European Union. And so they have a good understanding of those markets to start with but then it's i guess they're the universal global tools that we would use but we obviously look at the specific markets and kind of understand culturally what will work so for example in in france or germany there's a different i guess we have it in the kind of english language where you have globalisms but in terms of how you even something as subtle as how you kind of phrase your ads and in Germany, for example, it might be more formal language if you're doing B2B, or it might be more informal if it's a sort of B2C, depending on how you want to portray your brand. So just even small nuances like that can have quite an effect on, on your campaign. And so it's just, as I say, it's, it's having that, as a brand coming into the European Union, it's having the confidence that you have got all your I's dotted and T's crossed, as you say, because it could be that you can lift and shift your strategy from the US and you would see a level of return. But I think in my experience, having people that really understand the markets that you're entering into will ultimately give you a much better performance 
and then a much better opportunity to, to grow that. You heard it here first, folks. That was Matthew Finn from MarketForceAgency.com. If you are thinking about deploying performance marketing in the European Union, you need to get with MarketForce and you need to deploy attribution. If you have any questions on this podcast or like some more information, please check the links in the description or visit MarketForceAgency.com or LeadsRx.com to learn more about how you can succeed at performance marketing in the European Union. That's it for today. This is the Attribution Marketing Podcast, signing off.